0: What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? We got a great episode coming at you today. We're going to do our first position review of the year. We're going to talk about the O line and D line. Also, talk about what does it mean with Frank Clark signing with the Broncos? Are we going to get a veteran pass rusher in there? Uh, is Chris Jones going to get his extension? We got mandatory mini camp coming up. We're just going to talk about news going on with the league and team. Um, it's just going to be a great one today, Chiefs Kingdom. So get ready. Welcome to the King Connect podcast. This is the Kansas City Cheese Podcast here with the host and producer Eric Partis. Who am I? I'm a health and performance trainer. I'm certified with multiple specialties through general health and wellness. My training program is called Empowering Lifestyles, and you guys can go ahead and follow that content on Facebook and Instagram. Again, that's called Empowering Lifestyles. And again, I preach strong mind equals a strong body. I say it every time, strong mind equals a strong body. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, let's go ahead and get on with the episode. We're recording this episode today on <clears throat> Wednesday, June 14th. I was about to say the 15th, but I cannot read. It is the 14th. Um, starting to get a little, little hot out there. Um, uh, we're right now in the middle of mandatory uh, mandatory minicamp. Uh, Chiefs just started that yesterday. Today's day two of it. Uh meant to get this episode out uh actually yesterday on day one, but some things came up, couldn't get to it. But we're getting it out today, so we're gonna go ahead and um talk about some uh good stuff. Um first and honestly, I did well, this really isn't generally good, but I didn't think I was gonna have to bring it up today, but I really feel like I have to. <sighs> the Bengals, man. They're players. Their fan base, everything about them is just they're insufferable. They just they think they're here and they they aren't like like let's be dead serious right now. Like I get they've they've won games. they have beaten us in the AFC championship. they've beaten us in two regular season games. but they didn't get the job done when they beat us in the title game. We did. First, it started with Tyler Boyd last week talking about how he felt like uh, that they they one upped us because they got Orlando Brown. We didn't sign him for a reason. We let him walk. We tried offering him a contract, and I was the big Orlando. I was the biggest Orlando Brown advocate. Now there are some Chiefs fans out there that are really, really like his kind, like you know, we're, he was kind of already a polarizing player, but. I think uh, some fans that did like him really don't like him now just because he is a Bengal. Look, I don't care, man. At the end of the day, the dude just did what he was going to do. You know, we made the moves that we did, and, you know, it was either going to be him still playing at left tackle on a contract or he was going to be somewhere else. And that's just what it is. So I don't really have nothing against Orlando Brown in essence as like that. I know some Chiefs fans do um but this is more so from the players that have been there uh like i said tyler boyd saying they felt like he they he felt he feels like the Bengals have won up the chiefs i'm like how other than you guys having a 3-1 record woo 3-1 record we're winning super bowls you guys have yet to do that and you guys are out here flexing afc championship rings like like it like i get it like yes it is a championship ring like they do give those out and yes, the chiefs have um tech I, I guess I don't know if you I don't think you get one if you win the Super Bowl. I think you only get one if you lose a Super Bowl so the Bengals technically have three AFC championship rings and the chiefs have chiefs have one. You know, because technically there was when we won Super Bowl four, there wasn't I mean, there was an AFL championship. I guess I can't say we we have an AFL. We do have an AFL championship ring. Mean, we have multiple. But <clears throat> I'm just saying. It's just the fact that their players are just opening up their mouths and then you have Jamar Chase, who was asked yesterday after Burrow was asked who he thought the best quarterback in the league was. And, you know, re- humbly and respectfully um, uh, Burrow said, "Well, it's Pat, you know. Until somebody else comes in and does something different, it, it's him. I mean, how can you not? And you know, I have, I have, I have had my opinions about Joe Burrow. I, I think there is an arrogance there that I just, I can't stand. I think some people might know what I'm talking about. Um, it, it there, you know, and I, and I'm not, a, I'm not a Bengals fan. Obviously, I don't, I don't listen to their shit. I don't, I don't watch their, their." Their post game, I don't watch. None. I really don't listen to Burrow talk. So, he can really generally be really a good dude at the mic like that. I've heard him talk before at the mic, but I don't just listen to him. And I only know, like, obviously, I know the humbleness that Pat shows, and you know. So, essentially, when I look at him, I feel like that's what quarterbacks should be like. Essentially, how they carry themselves, and I, I don't know how he carries himself, but when he, when his teammates are out here saying dumbass shit, and he's not. He's not stopping it, or he's not correcting it. It almost makes me feel like he he almost likes the fact that his teammates are doing all this talking, because he wants to. He wants that that heat. He wants that uh, rivalry, or whatever the case may be. Um, but that's just not how the team. That's just not how the Chiefs roll. That's just not how the Chiefs roll. You know the the biggest you know the biggest thing is like even after Burrow said that Chase was asked like okay uh, Burrow said. Um. Oh, Pat's the best quarterback in the league and stuff like that. And of course, and then uh, Chase replies, Pat who? Like, literally, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I get it. There's one thing to talk trash, but you know you're doing that in front of cameras and you're doing that on a mic. Like, I hate to say it, but... And maybe, and maybe I'm just maybe Andy Reid just obviously has his locker room hold themselves differently. They might they might say shit to each other, but they're not gonna go online and and say like blah 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 this blah 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 that like I have never once heard none of our players come out here and just bash you know or t- say things like that like you don't hear Pat saying Joe who you don't hear Travis say like they're all like most of the time all of our players are like complimenting all the players saying how you know great these teams are that they're going against because that's how Andy Reed has his locker room and you got Chase out here saying that whether he was serious or not he was still in front of a camera and he still said it and you know what i i don't know if burrow had a conversation with him and said yo jamar like we probably shouldn't have said that like i get you know i i you know i get you're gonna say me because after the day i'm your teammate you know i sorry excuse me i expect jamar to believe that his quarterback is the best quarterback i expect him to say that but to reply to rebuttal it with the situation and say pat who that's flat out disrespectful to to a guy who obviously like y'all just lost to in the AFC Championship. We went on to win the Super Bowl. He wins a Super Bowl and won the NFL MVP and then Super Bowl MVP. Had a phenomenal year and he did it on a hot, and he did it on an, a bad ankle throughout the playoffs. And all their bitch ass fans do you want to say it was a fake injury. It wasn't a fake injury. Obviously, you saw his freaking ankle get rolled up on. It, <laughs> And again, they they still whine about the roughing the pat or the 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 late hit out of bounds. You can't touch the fucking quarterback. You can't touch any player late out of bounds. I mean, hell, I remember watching a play, and Isaiah Pacheco got late hit out of bounds in the 49ers game on a big kick return. You can't hit a player out of bounds late when they're past the thick white line. It's gonna get flagged every time. He touched them. He touched them. It doesn't matter, especially a quarterback. Especially a quarterback. So yeah, they're they're fans, they're they're everything's insufferable. I'm not trying to spend a whole bunch of time on them because they're just they're they're nothing. They haven't won shit. So that's just what it is. They can talk all the shit they want on Twitter and say that you know they're AFC champions. We beat y'all in 2021. You didn't get the big picture done, so it doesn't fucking matter. So fuck the Bengals. We'll see y'all next year. Uh obviously, and um obviously New Year's or New Year's Eve, I should say. We'll see y'all New Year's Eve, um, and then, or is it New Year's Day? I can't remember. It's one of those two. Let me let me check. Chiefs, Bengals. Okay, yeah, it's New Year's Eve. That's what I thought. So yeah, we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all on New Year's Eve. We'll see what happens in Arrowhead, or y'all like to say Burrowhead. <laughs> y'all are crazy. Y'all are fucking ridiculous. And then, um, and then obviously we'll probably see on the playoffs. So that's if, you know, y'all don't almost lose to a backup quarterback like Tyler Huntley. Yeah, y'all almost lost to that if it wasn't for that fumble, you know, return. So, all right, enough on the Bengals. No, I don't want to spend, I already spent like 10 minutes of this episode. Um, we're going to go ahead and get, well, we're going to do the review at the end of the the Chiefs portion before we get on to the NFL news. Um, but uh, Frank Clark, uh, bummer, but he signed with the Broncos after, you know, a lot of the Chiefs kingdom was, you know, hammering to bring him back. And it's, it's crazy because I will say this. I think, I think after hearing, I think after hearing Frank open up about his life And uh, going into this season, you know, talking about the weight that he lost, talk about, um, you know, just the things he was going through really opened up. I think that really changed Chiefs Kingdom perspective. And that's the thing. Like, obviously, they're human beings like people go through shit. People like people are people at the end of the day, like they're only going to react and and behave the way of their their nature and their ways of how they were brought up or what they see fit um, in their life. So, um, and you know, that's the beauty of, you know, football or just sports in general, team sports in general, I should say it just, you know, it brings so many different, you know, characters together, but, um, what, what was I going to say? Uh, Frank, you know, it, it was one of those things where I think this year, a lot of people wanted him to stay because it was like, they, they saw what he did for George. They saw that they saw that other side and it was like whoa like like this is actually a good dude like we know like we we like we actually finally feel sorry for him about his injuries and everything that he's battled even though we've known that he's battled with it we're just like dude you're making 20 million a year and you're only getting like four sacks a year and you're not you know and it it, and yes like the playoffs were amazing like playoff Frank will forever be cherished and will forever be married or married remembered. Um, I, I just, I personally think that, you know, I, and I, this probably won't happen, but I personally think it should happen. I think they should put Frank. I think Frank should go in the hall of uh, honor one day for the chiefs. I think he should go in the chiefs hall of honor one day. And, I know he didn't really, you know, he didn't spend the entire contract year. Essentially, what he signed, he signed a five-year deal, but he only served four years. He was part of two Super Bowl runs, three Super Bowl runs, obviously, with a loss, but two wins. And, you know, those playoff sacks were huge, huge moments in, in, obviously, most important games. And... You know, I know he had already had a few with Seattle, but he really solidified that sack number going. He made those numbers go up with us. And and obviously that's easy to say when you when you play in, you know, obviously he wasn't here for the first one. But for for him, it was uh, four AFC championships in a row. But, you know at the end of the day, you got to cut ties. And I, that's the one thing that Brett Veach and the chiefs have shown to do that. Once they're ready to move on from a player, they're, they're done. And, you know, I think that post saying like, Hey, you know, we thank you for everything. We'll always, you know, just a thank you post. And that was, that was it. And, you know, I, I I think he has said something about like us talking to them and like, maybe there was an offer or they said they were trying to get some deals done first and then they were going to come back to him. But, you know, it he kind of just didn't want to wait. There was kind of impatience, and it was like, okay, well, let's get the next best deal, and that was obviously the Broncos. And seeing what he got paid, I I don't think the Chiefs were going to pay him five, million, five and a half up to seven and a half, I think, in guarantees or in or his incentives. Um, but it's five, about five and a half guaranteed. I don't think the Chiefs were going to pay that, and I could be wrong. Maybe we would have, but you know that that obviously opens up more room and that opens up for sure that we need a veteran pass rusher to bring in there because the only really vet, like true, true vet that's been in the league for a minute is, is, is Chris. And um, we haven't brought Dunl we haven't brought Dunlap back. I don't even know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's, he's going to retire, call it quits, or they're maybe they're still in talks with him. Maybe he's just still enjoying his off season because you know what, Whatever whatever vet pass rusher that we, we decide to bring in, it's not they're not gonna come in until the second week of training camp. They're not they're not coming in like that. It's I don't wanna go to training camp like that because they they've been in the league for so long. They they they're conditioned, they they're pros, they're at their pros. It's just they know what they're doing. <clears throat> but, you know, at least being there the second week is is very, very important. But it sucks. It sucks to lose Frank Clark. But at the end of the day, you got to move on. He's moving on. We got to move on. And that's just what it is. Uh, you know, it's like I've been saying to people, it's kind of like a Neil Smith move um, as far as like just the act of going to the Broncos from from the Chiefs of Broncos being a kind of an important pass rusher. You know, I wouldn't say that Frank Clark had the near the production that Neil Smith did during a regular season, obviously, but like consistent regular seasons. But uh definitely more playoff opportunities because we you know when we were we were just losing the playoffs or we weren't making the playoffs so that's just what it what it was um and definitely no championships so frank clark won his rings here and then goes to the broncos whereas neil smith left us to win championships with the broncos all right so um I was gonna say so mandatory minicamp like i said it's been going on guys have been talking to the uh, podium clyde's talked blaine gabbard's talk justin reed's talk um it's just crazy to, to think how long blaine gabbard's been in the nfl um and you know when he was talking about all the teams that he played for it was like damn like damn dude you you've been around you know he obviously won the championship with tampa a few years ago but it's nice to have a guy like Blaine in the room. I mean, he knows uh, Chad Henney. Uh he backed up Tom and now he gets to back up the like the best quarterback in the league. You know, he ba- he backed up the, the greatest quarterback to play the game for a few years. But now he's backing up the 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 best quarterback that is playing today and like the best pl- just the best player in the world right now in in general. I mean, it's just that's just what it is. It's 15. Uh, I, I really like Justin Reed's, uh, you know, his interview, you know, he talked about, you know, the secondary talked about, you know, just how they've grown and, you know, they're miles ahead of what we were last year, even for himself, because he was new to the defense. He's going in the second year in the team. He's, he's a veteran in the league, but he's going in the second year in the team. And he even said it, I didn't start getting comfortable until maybe a week or two after we played Cincy. Um, and You know, you, you saw it, you saw, and I, I harped on them. I will say I gave the safeties a hard time most of the season, but then that, that right after that Bengals game, uh, it, it started to turn off when the, the, the secondary really, really started clicking at that point. Um, and you, you saw it. Uh, oh, um it was announced that I guess they're getting their rings tomorrow. I, I don't know. I don't think it's the ring ceremony. It could be wrong, but I, I don't think it is. I thought the ring ceremony usually happens during preseason. Um, but it, it could vary. I think there just might be just, I don't know. They might be getting the rings or it might be the ring. ceremony. I don't know what they're doing. Um, maybe I, this is all new to me because, you know, they did it differently the first time we won a few years ago because it was COVID, and we we did it like during the off season, and we also did the banner reveal. So I I don't know how it traditionally happens. I I'm sorry that I don't have that information, but they it did say that we are getting the rings to, or we are going to see the rings tomorrow, and maybe that might be the design of it. I don't know. All right. Right now, I think the biggest thing that Chiefs Kingdom is worried about right now is the Jones extension. Look, I, I'm trying to tell Chiefs Kingdom, don't worry about it. He was paid last time in July. Why are we tripping about, you know, a guy that, you know, has it? Why are we tripping about a guy that, you know, I know he's not at mandatory minicamp, but, you know, he's not really out here complaining. He's not out there making stuff. On social media, he's been posting some pictures, like, saying, like, the time, you know, time is now, clock is ticking, but I'm taking that as more motivation, like, I'm ready to get it back out there, you know, he's not going to come to mandatory minicamp until until the contract is signed, we, I think the Chiefs know that unless, like, um, until the, the big fines start to happen, um, because I think if you miss all of it, I think it's, like, almost 100k, maybe it could be wrong, but, um, yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, he's going to be there when he's going to be there, but I, I think they're going to pay him um, roughly around that July range is when they paid him last time and he's going to be second uh, behind Aaron Donald. You know, I, they're really honestly waiting for Quentin Williams to sign his deal. I think – I I don't know if maybe Quentin Williams and his agent have this, like, weird thought process that, like, hey, we're waiting on Chris Jones to sign his deal, then we'll sign after him, where that doesn't make any sense because Quentin Williams, I'm sorry, he's okay. He's a good player, but he's not on the level of Chris Jones. He's, you know he, – like, I, he had a decent year. He was second-team – I believe he was second-team All-Pro, but, you know, he he was not – you know, he was not on that level of Chris, and Chris has been consistent for years. So I, it doesn't make any sense for Quentin Williams to sign after Chris Jones. It just doesn't. So, um, Quentin, sign your contract, get your number, and then Chris will get that number right after that. And I think that's what they're waiting on. Now, if Quentin Williams signs like a stupid deal, like 30 something million, we're in trouble because I don't think the Chiefs are anticipating that. I think they're anticipating roughly between that 23, 26 range, um, even though he said that he's wanting 26 to 30. I think I think the Chiefs are willing to pay anywhere under 30, but not at 30. I think if they have to pay 29, they'll pay 29. If they pay 28, they'll pay 28. They have to put in a half in any of those marks. They'll do a half. But I don't think they want to go 30. They especially definitely don't want to go over 30. But I believe Jones will get his extension. It's, it's been kind of this really been talked about around sports media now that it's the Chiefs want to get a deal done and um, he wants to get a deal done. So that's, that's what it's going to be. Uh, Usually, when they talk about it in a way, you can kind of tell when you know Brett Veach is like beating around the bush, and that's when you know the guy's probably most likely not going to come back. But it really has not been that way, and we really haven't heard Brett Veach speak since like once the off season, like like I think right after draft, maybe it was when the last time we heard him talk. So um, yeah, that was two months ago. So. Yeah, that was the last time. And, you know, he he really made it clear that we we want to get a deal done with Jones. All right. So um, events has been kind of going on with the team, Uh, obviously had the big slick game uh, with all the Kansas City natives, uh, famous natives. Uh, You saw Baron uh, Corbin, who's a WWE superstar. Uh, There, but you saw Pat having a great time. He did that behind uh, back throw to the first base, which is freaking ridiculous. The dude's just, he's just a freak of nature athlete. What can he not do? Um, Which is what was asked at MVS's softball charity game, uh, asking Willie Gay, like, what can Pat not, you know, what, you know, what can, you know, yeah, can he not do? Um, Or, you know, what is Pat? Or, what are you better than Pat at, or something like that? I don't, I can't remember what uh, Harold asked him, but it was pretty funny. Willie's a good dude. I I like Willie. I know a lot of people think that. Yeah, you know with bringing in uh, Drew Trankle it's a detriment to his position but I I just don't see that at all I think that this linebacker group is just really talented and I think there's going to be a heavy rotation between all of them because the last thing they want is Bolton to play multiple like a bazillion downs and just get tired out because I think Bolton's a guy that they're going to want to pay because I think they want Bolton to be their their guy moving forward for the the years to come on defense Especially since as long as Spags is here. All right, uh, I mentioned a little bit about special teams with Dave Tobe. He's talked a little bit about that, um about you know, just you know the frustrations of the rule change, but just kind of how we're going to have to work through it. Just typical Dave Tobe, you know, he's just he's he's gonna you know he's gonna tell him how it is, and that's just what it you know who 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 he has been as a coach, I've always appreciated Dave Tobe, you know, but other than his frustration, other than me being frustrated last year, last year is because of special teams where we're very, very suspect all year until the bigger moments. And thank God that the bigger moments came through. But yeah, I, I generally love, love Dave Tobe as like a coach in general. Um, he, he talked about Daneric Dener, uh, Prince. Uh, he talked about uh, Nick Jones, uh, how Nick Jones could be one of those gunners uh, running down the field alongside of Nazi Johnson. Um, and maybe if Nazi gets more play on defense, maybe Nick Jones might get more play on that special teams role. But they're both going to be playing that gunner role, um, you know, because not he said Nazi was probably it was. One of the best gunners in the league. So that's just what it was. And Derek Prince was taking a lot of that kick return role. And he said, you know, he he really reminded him of um, Nile Davis, like the build. And, you know, Nile Davis was a built guy and he could return the ball like he was good at returning the ball. Um, and they used him a lot, obviously, in pass catching, too, because he did have, like, that that burst of speed. Like, once he kind of, like, was gone, like, he was gone. Like, he, he just had that, that B-line speed, and he was just built, too. All right, that's kind of pretty much the news, Other you know, other than we're about to get into the review. And uh, we're going to take a quick break before we do the uh, O-line and D-line review. Um, but, uh, when we go into that, before we, you know, go into all that, well, actually we won't even have the time to be doing that because we have to take a quick break. But when we do the O-line and D-line review, we're going to also talk about what is the worst playoff loss that has happened in the Mahomes era. There's only been three, um, but we're going to rank them, um, and that's just you know how we're uh, we're gonna end the the chief segment, and then we're gonna kind of break off and talk a little bit about some uh, news that's been going around the league. So um, we're gonna take a quick break, Chiefs Kingdom. We'll be right back. Good Chiefs Kingdom. If you guys like this podcast and like what you're listening to, I want you guys to go ahead and give it a five star rating and a good review. You can find this podcast on all your major audio platforms, whether that's Apple Podcast or Spotify. Um, you guys can go ahead and follow the podcast only on Instagram, and that's at Kingdom Connect. And then you guys can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Big EKC. That's Big EKC. And like I said, go ahead and give this podcast a five-star rating and a really great review. I appreciate you all. All right, Chiefs and we are back. Uh, I just want to go ahead and give a quick apology to you guys. Um, I meant to finish this episode out yesterday, which yesterday was Wednesday, um, but I couldn't do that. Some obligations came up. Um, so we're finishing it out today on Thursday. So you guys should have that out by today on all your audio platforms. Um, We still got the position review on the offensive line and defensive line that we got to do. Then we're going to talk about um, we're going to rank the worst playoff uh, loss in the Mahomes era, which there's only three games. And uh, we're just going to finish off with uh, some of the news that's been going around the league. Um, So uh, let's go ahead and start with the the position review. Actually, you know what? Uh, Before we get in the position review, there's one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, and I can't remember if I had mentioned it yesterday in the first segment um, it, it, and the only reason why I'm bringing it up because I was listening to another podcast today and it was just kind of talked about um, with Clyde and uh, I apologize if I'm repeating myself again um, but if I didn't go thoroughly on Clyde's interview uh, or his interview or his um, I should say his press presser, uh, <clears throat> then I apologize that I didn't get that out. So I was, I listened to this press conference a few times and uh, I was listening to this podcast and it was, it's, it was called the, it's called the red, Golden bold podcast. It was Saran Petro, Jeff Chadia, and uh, Eric Eager. <clears throat> and they were just talking about how they just found it, you know, just BS, BS conversation and how, you know, I know he Soren was talking about like how, you know, some fans, you know, are saying, you know, who cares? It's not that big of a deal, you know, and I understood, you know, Soren's point. He basically said, but you know what, at the end of the day, it's your team, you know, you should be there. This is the last time, you know, you're going to be a part of this championship team. Like, you know, you should want to be there, but unfortunately that, you know, that wasn't the case. I apologize, Chief's Kingdom. I have to go take care of something real quick. I will be right back. Uh, something is calling my name. I think one of my dogs is barking at something. I got to go check that out. I'll be right back. I apologize Chief, she. she ah, I apologize chiefs kingdom my dogs are barking the mailman was walking by they always trip whenever they see him you know walk by cuz we we kind of keep the windows open a little bit we have like these shears that are over it that you know you can't fully see in the house obviously but they can see a shadow walk by and then they just go berserk you know how dogs can be if you got any dog owners that listen to this podcast but um, I also wanted to figure out uh, when this ring ceremony is. Apparently, it's it should be on. Um, what did I see online? Um, it said the only way you can see it is on Fox Four, but I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure what time that's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be later tonight, probably around six, seven o'clock. Maybe not a hundred percent sure, but apparently it's down at union station so uh i remember the last time they did it it was at uh it was at arrowhead stadium but it was like right before the 2020 season started i maybe maybe they were in the middle of training camp i can't i can't remember specifically but they did it at arrowhead stadium they just had them walk out and just get the rings which was pretty cool to see but um Anyways, let's go ahead and get on with this position review again. I apologize for stepping away from the mic for a second, but um, better late than never. I got, uh, oh, see, this is what happens when you walk away from the mic. You totally forget what you're going to talk about. I was supposed to talk about Clyde's press conference and what these people were talking about. And look, you know, at the end of the day, I see both sides. I understand why the man, you know, if the man had business, you know what, go take care of your business. But at the same time, I probably would have preferred you to be there just because I am a team person first. You know, that's just that's just what it is. Um, but, you know, again, a man's got his reasonings. A man's got his reasonings. And let's be honest, the dude, the dude knows he's not going to be or be here much longer. He's either going to get moved before the season starts, or he's obviously not getting re-signed after this year. And he talked about his fifth-year option not getting picked up. You know, I mean, you just know you you know that it just didn't pan out, and sometimes that just it just happens. Look, Brett Brett Veach traded up for Breland Speaks, and look how that look look how that turned out. Granted, that wasn't a first-round pick, but still. And then you know you had. Obviously Clyde being, you know, the position. But the biggest thing is we all wanted Clyde to succeed. I don't think anybody a part of Cheese Kingdom wanted Clyde to fail. That's that was never the narrative. We just were like, hey, we just know that there are running backs all around the league that were never first round picks that are out there ripping thousand yard seasons after thousand yard seasons. And they're but they're only good for like three years, and then you have to constantly recycle them. I apologize if you guys heard that. That was the laptop making noise. Um, I unfortunately have been using my girlfriend's work laptop just to get these episodes recorded. Just because uh, my my one personal my personal one is broke right now, so I I have to get a new laptop for myself. So I'm using her. So if you guys heard a noise, I apologize. Um, but uh, again, you know. Clyde Clyde knows and you know again I don't think Chiefs Kingdom wanted him to fail we all wanted him to succeed but it's just the first round value and the fact that he couldn't stay on the field and that was the issue and I think I mean I think in the 2021 season granted that was a bad season to begin with in general he had fumbling issues I mean he he fumbled the ball what for like it was like what two three weeks straight oh my goodness we need to figure out how to turn that off. That is annoying. I have no idea. I don't want to. This is her work laptop, so I don't. She has things pulled up. I don't want to jack with it. Um. But anyways, uh, <clears throat> it was, you know, better end. You know, he's he's third on the depth chart right now. But, you know, again, like I said, he may get moved. Who knows? He may not. Uh, Regardless, he's he's not going to be here for the 2024 season. He's either going to be here 2023 and then not for 24 or he's getting moved and he won't be here for either, obviously. So let's our, let's go ahead and move on to the position review. I I don't want to like just dwell on Clyde. I don't want I don't want to like feel like I'm just bashing the guy because he's a he's a good he's a good person from what he seems like. Um, I I I can understand there might be a little a little heat, you know, feeling inside of like, hey, you know, I feel like you guys just gave up on me and just threw me out to the side. I I I can feel like that mindset might be present but then again i'm not going to speak for another man's mind all right so let's go ahead and get on with the position review finally um i'm using our lads i'm sure most of you guys probably have used this website for depth charts, and the only reason why i'm using it just because I'm, i just want to get the initial like just the depth chart currently this is a passing camp i've been saying that when it was this the otas it was still passing camp this is the mandatory mini camp still passing camp So there's no pads on, everybody's playing free, light, you know, it's not, you know, no hitting like that. You're just kind of maybe wrapping up a little bit, you know, maybe just getting in your position. But, you know, you're not doing anything crazy. Limon and D-Limon, they're not, they're not doing anything. They're just working on technique most of the time. So that's just what it is. Um, So... again like I said we're using uh, our lads let's go ahead and look at the offensive line we're going to start with the offensive line and we're going to go with the left tackles so right now they're slated with Donovan Smith at left tackle and I think this was kind of anticipated from most of Chiefs Kingdom the most since we signed him Um, I well you know I think initially everybody was like okay maybe this is depth and that was my mindset initially but as time went on, especially Andy saying like, no, he's our left tackle. And then them just basically saying like, no, yeah, he's the left tackle. And, you know, things can very well change. We haven't even hit training camp. That's when everything really, really starts. uh, um, As far as like, you know, making the moves and, you know, cutting and well, you know, guys are getting moved right now too, but when the real pads come on and, you know, everything's, you know, really live, you know what I'm talking about. So um, uh, but Donovan Smith, you know, he's a veteran. It it just makes sense to keep him there for now. And I don't know how. I mean, I don't know how real this is. I I I I mean, if it's true that they have Wanya Morris backing up uh, Donovan Smith at left, then you know what? There's your left tackle. And you, maybe they want they want to try Wanya at left. Um, even though he played right at Oklahoma, he played left at uh, Tennessee when he was next to Trey Smith when Trey Smith was over at left guard. <clears throat> and you know, I think that's really good for Wanya to to sit behind a um, sit behind a, a veteran like Donovan Smith, a guy who who obviously has won a Super Bowl, um, and you know he he. Played left tackle for you know arguably the greatest quarterback um, of all time, and you know he he he's been a veteran in this league for a while. So it just again like I said, it makes sense to keep him there. I know a lot of Chiefs fans were like, well, why are you paying Jawan Taylor twenty million? Look, you know, I think if you look at back, if you look at it nowadays, the the whole left right tackle thing, you know getting paid. Yes, left tackles are ultimately still gonna get paid more than right tackles, but the whole like, hey, we gotta make sure that we're paying our left tackle more versus our right side, you know, that doesn't always have to be the narrative for every team. I mean, granted it's gonna be that way, but you know, some teams could ultimately have their right tackle being the highest paid, you know, on their on their line versus their left tackle. Oh, I apologize. Did not mean to cough in the mic if that really happened. Um it 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 doesn't matter in today's league, especially with a lot of quarterbacks that are mobile. Mahomes rolls to either side. He's deadly on either side. He can move comfortably on either side. Um so regardless, they they're both gonna have to block a blind side essentially in a way. Now it's not like the true blind side. The true blind side obviously is the left side, but it, it just really doesn't matter. You're not, you know, and they, at the same time, what, what did you even expect them? They, they put Donovan Smith there and they're going to overpay Donovan Smith. No, they, they're, they have him on a cheap contract, you know? So yes, they are kind, they are really paying Juwan Taylor like that. But like I said, I said this, You know, we all thought Juwan Taylor was going to be the left tackle based off the contract, but I said this. What if what if you draft a left tackle and you keep Juwan on the right side and then you have a cheap left tackle? You have a cheap left tackle for four years and you know, you don't have to worry about paying him until it, it comes time for his payday, but by that point, you might have already moved on from Juwan Taylor because you're already drafting his replacement. So, you know, it you know, it, it it definitely might be working out that way. If if Wanya Morris stays on the left side, learns behind Donovan Smith, then that that ultimately might be how we roll with it. Um and then right behind Wanya Morris you have Prince taking Wanagu, and he's been he's been in the league for for a minute and he's been on the team for a few years, you know he's he's considered a he knows the system so he's he's a good backup he's slated the third spot right now, um so it goes Donovan Smith at first Wanya Morris at second Prince at three um so that's the left tackle side, let's hop over to the left guard obviously we know Joe Tooney um is at left guard and he <clears throat> one of the best in the league if not the best left guard right now in the league um, he has been for pretty much since he's been in the league since in his new england days this is a guy who who just knows what it takes to to play at that highest level he's a tech he's a technician he's he's essentially I, I you know we all know that creed is is the, obviously the is the middle but i i think joe is what really makes that engine move because of just his experience, what he brought to Creed and Trey. And, you know, what even I would even say Orlando Brown, um, you know, those guys, it, 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 it just the mindset, the mentality, you know, the way that they were able to mold. It, I think that was all due to Joe's leadership, him just knowing what it takes to play at this high level and uh, just form a chemistry at the offensive line, especially when he was doing it in new England. So that I really love the fact that we have Joe Tooney still, you know, he's going his third year out of his five-year contract. I know a lot of chiefs fans think that we're going to move on from him after this year. And that very well could be, um, but you know, he could be that guy and say, Hey, like, look, I've, I've, I've won two championships. Um, I've gotten paid. You know, you guys paid me pretty good. You know, I won I won a championship. Maybe when we went we go back to back and win another one. This year he wins two with us. You know, he's won two with New England. He's like, look, I've won four championships. You know, he could be like, Hey, I'm retiring, or he could be like, Hey, I, I wanna stay I wanna stay winning rings, but I wanna stay with this team um, because you guys ultimately believed in me by paying me the, the what I you know, the value that you guys saw me at and I've won championships with you. And that's obviously, I'm not trying to throw shade at New England, but that's just what it is. Um, <clears throat> but Joe Tooney, I, I really, I really love, I really love the fact that they still have him. I hope that they can keep him um, and, and maybe have to do some restructures if, if necessary. Uh, behind him is Nick Allegretti, which he is honestly, I, I think he's like the only guy from the, the 2019 draft currently on the team. I I I I don't know who on the team right now is from the 2019 draft other than <laughs> other than um uh Nick Allegretti. And that says a lot that you know they really appreciate him being the backup that he is. And he's had good spots. I mean, he didn't have a good showing in in 55, but none of the line had a good showing in 55. That that was a bloodbath um that night so you know but he he he's a good backup behind joe um and you know you 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 love allegretti you got mike caliendo uh he's been a practice squad guy for a minute and uh he knows the system too so uh, he's a good guy to have at the third spot let's go on to the center position uh you got creed humphrey uh (laughs) guys loved by so many people, you know, he, he's, he's an awesome, he's an awesome football player. He's, <clears throat> you know, I, I still think Jason Kelly you and know, I try to respect the guys that are still in the league playing. Um, I think if you Creed Humphrey is pretty much the ascending, like he's, he's a successor from Jason Kelsey. Everybody knows it, you know, Jason even acknowledge it, you know, acknowledges it, but it's, it's, but Jason's still there. The predecessor is still there, and that was and that's Jason. And we still recognize him as the ultimate GOAT of centers right now. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm not saying GOAT of centers. I'm not saying he's the greatest center to ever play the game, but you know what I mean. Uh, but the moment that he calls it good, which may be after this year because, you know, it's always a question every year. Um, and who knows, I'm just, you know, assuming because it was really, really in question this year, but he, he decided to come back. Um, I, uh, I, I, the moment he calls it quits, it's, it's going to be Creed's world for years to come. Like it was Jason's, you know, Creed's going to, you know, a lot of people are afraid that we might lose Creed because we, we, it, we've shown to not pay centers. Uh, we didn't pay Rodney Hudson. We didn't pay uh, uh, who gosh, who was after Rodney Hudson. We didn't pay Mitch Morse., uh, we didn't pay uh, and that was pretty much, yeah, those are the three centers that I can freaking think of in the moment that we didn't pay. Um, and but I think Creed is a guy that they they see, you know the, he got the all pro right out the you know, in within a second year of being in the league. Um, and they see the value that he he brings and, you know, he is graded his grades, you know, PFF graded him as the number one center all league, you know, league take PFF for what it is. Um, he is currently playing as the best center in all of football. And so, you know, he, he won't demand a lot because centers don't really generally demand so much. And he may not be that guy in general, but, you know, you're going to you're going to pay to keep him. You should. And then right behind him is Austin Ryder. Uh, you know, he you know, he was uh a guy who was in our both our first two Super Bowl runs. Uh you know, solid center, not, you know, anything all world or great or anything like that, but a good solid backup, knows everything, knows the system. And, you know, again, he snapped in Mahomes before. Um, then right behind him, you have Hardy Henderson. Um Looks like he was one of the uh, UDFAs, <clears throat> and then you have. Uh, we're gonna go right over to the right uh, right guard position. That's over. Started with Trey Smith. Uh, guy is a monster. I mean, he's he's been fantastic. I love me some Trey Smith. Um, oh, joke about Creed Humphrey. So, he like I said, he is starting to become a lot of a lot of fan favorites, especially the women. I've bought a couple jerseys already of his for my lady. Yes. She loves that. She loves that dude. That is her favorite player right now. Um, and I jokingly always say that if, if I were to let her kiss any football player on the cheek, it'd be only Creed. So, (laughs) um, but anyways, uh, moving on, like I said, Trey Smith, uh, he, he's, he's a dog. He's a monster. Uh, You know, but he you know, he's been sometimes, you know, I always wonder if maybe, you know, when he goes hard a lot that, you know, he's putting himself in, you know, like harm just well, he's, you know, it's brutal sport anyways, you know, especially offensive line. But, you know, he's always there's always something like kind of lingering with him like he has a tricep injury right now, you know, and I almost wonder if the guy just like, you know, goes hard all the time especially in games he's the, he's the guy who's always putting his body on the line that you know it with that you know at the same time it's um, you know that, that just comes with you know potential more injuries uh, and, and not saying that that's the case, you know whatnot you know Trey Smith he's he's pro but he's he's a dog and he knows what he's doing but I'm, I'm glad to have him. I, I think he can pull off a pro ball pro season at some point. Um, because I would love to have this, all this whole interior to be all pros, and then maybe have one of the tackles be a Pro Bowler. That'd be that'd be sick. Um, and then right behind Trey Smith, you have Darren Kennard, which which makes sense. Uh, you know, I think we all thought that he had tackle potential, but I think they really value value him a lot at guard. Um, so I think they're going to keep him there. And then right behind him, you have Car uh, Jerome Carvin. Uh, he's a UDFA as well. Um, over the right side to finish off the offensive line. Uh, like I said, we have Juwan Taylor there. Uh, he's getting his good contract. Um, and if they need to move over the left side, he'll move over the left side. But I think they, I think they're kind of really over the whole. Let's uh, the left ta- Let's move a right tackle over to the left side. I think they're kind of over that, you know, and they want to keep players at their natural position. And you know, and Wanya Morris. When I was talking about him earlier, he he played he played one year of right tackle with at Oklahoma, but he played left tackle like uh, his pretty much his whole career at Tennessee, essentially. So, <clears throat> all right, right behind Juwan Taylor, you have Lucas Niang. I think we all had high hopes for Lucas Niang, but the injuries they just they they just taken over. Um, that that I can't even remember what he did, but I think he was a patellar tendon um yeah it It just yeah in, in the same time you know it's you, you hate to see it you you wish the guy could you know be healthy and play on the field because you know he was going to be our right tackle he He did start he started a few games he was our right tackle it just didn't play out that way um all right and right behind him you have sebastian Catieres. Uh, he's a practice squad guy. I think he. Well, actually, you know what? No, he was just. He was just. I can't remember if he was. If he was w- when he was signed, he may have been one of those like late UDFA signings too. And then right behind him, which for sure a UDFA, is uh Jason. I'm not gonna even try to pronounce that last name, but Godrick. Uh, that the. I, I'm sorry, I, I know I boot, uh, butchered that, but um, he's uh, last on the depth chart with the right spot. So uh, that concludes the offensive line. So It looks like I'm, I'm assuming the starting offensive line this year will be Donovan Smith, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and uh, Juwan Taylor. And uh, well, we obviously knew the interior, but Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor at the left and right. Um, and I think they w- they're trying to go back to more of the zone scheme where they can you know do more outside zone um, runs and just you know get more of their tackles out in space versus their interior um, I mean they're gonna stick with gap still obviously but I think they really I think they want to try to go back to that more athleticism on the outside so uh, all right so that concludes the offensive line let's go over the defensive line all right so um, we have right now, starting at a uh, left defensive end. Now, here's the thing about the D-line. Um, we lost Frank Clark, and, you know, I, I said this before. I, the only thing I'm going to miss is his veteran presence, the playoff Frank, you know, those moments, the sacks, those, you know, wishing that he could have broke the sack record. Because, obviously, it's not going to happen when he goes to the, the Denver. He's not. They, they may make the playoffs you know next year but it's not gonna be this coming season it it might be in two twenty four uh depending on their their circumstances but um yeah i i you know the one thing that has been talked about a lot you know with uh you know having joe Cole in there. He's been a nice addition to that defensive line room with uh, being their coach now, you know, taking over. And that and that's nothing against the Brandon Daly. I think he did a phenomenal job his first few years there. I just think they wanted Brandon to kind of expand his role. So they moved him up to linebackers and they brought in Joe Colon because he has very he has a lot of experience at defensive line and obviously it panned out. Chris Jones had his best year as a as a as a pro. Um, and you know we had the most sacks um in the Spags era for this team and so uh <clears throat> i think uh with the addition of uh Joe Colon, they're the, you know they're going to continue just to move the guys around you know especially when they go NASCAR which NASCAR NASCARs when Spags brings out uh, <laughs> brings outs uh he brings out um all they're pretty much all defensive defensive ends except for Chris Jones. Chris Jones is the one defensive tackle, but he's the pass rush. He's a pass rushing defensive tackle. So uh, they have three defensive ends uh, right next to him. And usually they'll just put the, they'll put uh, him on the outside at end, and then they'll have three defensive ends just alongside. Um, And yeah, they just want more speed to power uh, when they're trying to apply pressure. And, you know, the, they'll also do blitzes and stunts, you know, normally too. So, <clears throat> um, but yeah, right now it's it's George Karloftis at the left defensive end. Um, and you know, I'm having high hopes for him this year. I'm 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 hoping that we can get a 10 sack season. If we can see 10 sacks, that would be phenomenal for George Karloftis. Um right behind him, you got Mike Dana. Um and uh Mike, you know, he he he's he's been a solid player. I I really appreciated Mike Dana. Um, he, you know, he's, he's, he knows the system, you know, I like him when they shift him inside, uh, he, he wreaks havoc, especially in the pass rush. He, he applies really good pressure. Um, and you know, I just, I, he, he's going to be a guy that they may move on from just because you can find guys that are like Mike Dana. Um, but I, I just, I, you know, you really appreciate the, you know, what he brings to the table. Um, and, and back on George Carl I really didn't feel like I kind of went over him pretty quick, but you know, I think, uh, a lot of chiefs fans had a lot of high hopes and I, I, you know, at the same time, I, I try to tell people like, Hey, he was not a draft favorite of mine. And that was because I wanted a more bendier, you know, slimmer, faster guy off the edge. And that's nothing against George because obviously he, he, he fits the system. I was just hoping that maybe they would go outside of the system. I knew that he was a fit, and he would be, he'd be perfect for, the obviously, the scheme. I He just wasn't the player that I was really necessarily looking for. I was really wanting more speed off the edge. But you know what? It doesn't matter. George Karloff has had a phenomenal year, um, and I think he's only going to grow and get better. Uh, yeah, B.J. Thompson. And, I, I, again, I think he's he's going to be just a pass rush specialist in this defense. Yeah. Um, uh, they they draft him in the fifth round. Uh, I think they they're, they're going to use him the way that they tried to use Frank. Um, you know he's that slimmer guy. He's obviously going to gain some weight. You know being in the NFL because he needs to. Uh, but he has that long reach. I think he's going to be really really dominant in the, the pass rush, and they're going to use him on um, a lot of. Uh, da- they're going to use him on certain downs, and they're going to get him free to the quarterback um, as much as possible. And then right behind is Joshua Kendo. Look, I, I look, I—he's one guy I just don't have any hopes for. I just—I was annoyed when they drafted him because he just wasn't good. Uh, he just was one of those experimental players. I just feel like they wasted a pick on, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. But you know, at the same time, he's just going to be a guy who finishes his contract out and he'll just move on. Um. Uh, I think people may have had some high hopes from Kando. I really didn't. That's nothing personal against him. It's just uh, based off what I saw. Uh, all right, so that's the left defensive inside. Let's move over to the defensive tackle, um, and this is more of your run stuffer. You know, more of your one tech uh, nose tackle essentially. And you got Derek Nottie, um, which I'm. Every, I think everybody's shocked they brought him back for another year because he he just hasn't been good um as far as like you know that that uh you know the his first year you know in um the scheme with Bob Sutton i think you know would just i think when we were only had when we had four down linemen he was good uh but sometimes they left him in no man's land and he just he wasn't really built like that like he wasn't like a Vince Wilfork built to take on so many blocks like that but the moment that we switched over to a four-three, it was Spags, and they, you know, they had him lined up in certain spots, uh, more one tech, you know, essentially. Uh, that's been really good for him, and he was good, like the, the, in two thousand nineteen, and he was really good in two thousand twenty. But two thousand twenty-one, two thousand twenty-two, nah, he just, he just hasn't been that uh, good. Um, and you know that that's just that's just what it was. Um, <clears throat> uh, Say. Um, but yeah, you know, I think this this is just his last year, you know, that he'll be with the team. Um, you know, he or he might be one of those guys like, hey, I'll just take pay cuts to stay with the team because I just I love being here. Who knows? But they, they drafted Keandre Coburn for a reason. Um, but he he might be, you know, a guy like um uh, that they can use in certain spots like they did with Colin Saunders. They said he's a little built like him, but maybe not as athletic. Um, but he's going to wreak havoc in the run, stop in the run. Um, so I really like Keandre Coburn uh, from Texas. And then right behind him, you still have Danny Shelton. Um, you know, he, he may make the team. They liked him as depth. Uh, depth. Um, so you, got, you keep him there. And then right behind him, you got Phil Hoskins, who was, you know, him and Danny were basically practice squad guys. Uh, but you guys keep those guys around for depth um uh, just especially going in the camp um and let's go over to uh Chris Jones over the right side mainly on the right defensive uh, tackle spot and you know at the same time you know these guys line up everywhere i am just throwing out what they have them lined up in here it's not like they're that's their true positions they're, they're, they're he's a d-tack he's a d-tackle but he lines up everywhere um So, Chris Jones, mainly a three-tech, could play some uh, four-eye, two-eye, head up for a little bit of five, uh, but mainly at the three-tech spot. And the only reason why I say uh, at five, because that's when they sometimes line them at the defensive end spot, uh all right so uh, everybody's still freaking out thinking we're not going to pay Chris Jones we're going to pay Chris Jones don't worry he's going to get paid um it's just it's just a matter of time um I know he's not at mandatory minicamp again but the team knows that they were expecting that um they're just waiting to get finalized the details the contract will be signed they're waiting for other guys to be signed and then they'll get their they good they'll get the contract out there I swear they they have to sign Chris Jones. I mean, they don't have to. He's going. He's got one more year left of his contract. But you know, it's not going to be a. It's it's going to be anima. It's gonna. There's going to be tension if that doesn't happen. But I. It's almost. It's getting talked about so much from everybody that it's going to get done. That it it almost has to get done at this point. So he, he's the Mahomes of the defense. He's what makes that defense go. And right behind him, you got Turk Warden. He's coming off the ACL injury, but you know I think uh, he still has his pass. Hopefully, he still has his that that pass rushing ability that he brought. Because Turk Warden was a really good player before he got hurt, um, especially what he brought to the table um, and being an undrafted guy the way he was. Um, And then behind him, you have Matt Dickerson, and behind him you have Daniel Wise again, and other guys that were just brought into. You know, be at this point and going into uh, training camp, um, and that is the right defensive tackle spot. And over to finish up on the right defensive end spot, uh, we got Charles Omenhu, Which guys I know, we're like, well, why not uh, Felix and DK Exama? Look, I don't, I don't know of – Well, yeah, George did start, did start off initially, and I think Felix will. Um, but I think they're, they might like Charles on the outside um, and, like, first and second down. And they'll move him inside with Chris and then bring uh, Felix up at, uh, to play his uh, true edge spot. Uh, but right now you have Charles Amenhu at the starting, and um, I have high hopes from him. He's going to bring a lot of inside-out versatility. And then right behind him is the hometown hero, the uh, rookie, Felix DK Uzama. Uh, I'm really stoked about him. His, his, his uh, signature—I uh, don't want to say taunt, but his signature, like you know, celebration, is, is sick. I, I like it's like a, it's like a march, and then he puts a puts a crown on top and flexes. It's sick, and I and I can't wait to see that a lot in Chiefs King, uh at uh, the stadium, air Arrowhead Stadium, when we win, when, uh, when we're fucking winning games and fucking blowing. Uh, Sacking the quarterback Left and right So uh, Right behind him uh, You have Malik Herring Uh, He's just uh, You know He's been Just kind of One of those Rotational pieces Kind of bringing him in Like you know If we're up big Down You know Down um, Just kind of One of those guys You kind of Get some playing time He you know Kind of dealt with Some injuries Right off the back When he When he first came here um, He was a Really high standout At Georgia But um, again just kind of been a just a rotational person rotational player uh on the depth chart since he's uh since he's been healthy and then right behind him we have Truman Jones so uh, he's another undrafted guy who you know some people are kind of having some high hopes for Truman Jones but who knows who knows what will happen with that well that's that's the defensive line right here so stars George Karloftis at the end uh and then Derek and Jones at the tackle spot, and then you have Omenahu at the other DN spot. Uh, But obviously when we go into passing down sets, you'll put Omenahu in the middle alongside Chris, and you'll bring in another edge rusher. You know, and then they're going to, again, they're going to do so many stunts and a lot of different, uh, you know, uh, schemes just to open up those gaps for them to uh, be free rushers. Um, And also when they're sending uh, linebackers on blitzes too. And the uh, the one thing I just hope we don't see a lot. I mean, I know they like to do zone blitzes, the drop D linemen, and because re- you know you're sending DB, so you have to replace coverage. It's just I just don't want to see. I just don't want to see George Karlof just covering anybody. No more. No more of that. He 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 needs to be just getting after the quarterback. So. All right, that's uh, pretty much the position review. And, you know, funny thing is, I I look back at it uh, exactly one year ago as when we did the first position review for the 22 season. So it makes sense why we had to go ahead and finish up the episode today. Um, all right, so that was the, uh, the O-line, D-line position review. Let's go over to finish off with NFL news. I know I talked about. Let's talk about the worst playoff loss in Mahomes' era. But I'm kind of running out of time, um, and I want to kind of get this episode wrapped up for you guys. Um, so we'll get it on the next episode. I promise. When we do our next position review, I haven't figured out which which one I want to do yet. Uh, but you guys will obviously know when I when I get to that point. But We're going to talk about uh, just some of the news. The only reason why I'm not going to get into the the worst playoff loss or rank them because I actually want to go into detail, talk about that, because those are just fun to kind of talk about, the what-ifs, you know, things that could have changed and whatnot. um, Because it's funny, Mahomes could be a five-time champion at this point, (laughs) Uh, ironically enough, but that's just how hard it is to win in the NFL. Um, even when it, sometimes it feels like it's easy uh, us for us fans to see, you know, our team succeed. Um, but anyways, over off the NFL news, just got a couple things to talk about, nothing too crazy. Um, uh, but you have uh, there's – there's been an issue with gambling going around the league. And honestly, I think players should know better by now, like, hey, just you can gamble, just don't do it on football and don't do it at anything that's on football grounds with your team facility. They know, they know your IP address. They know all these things. You cannot do this. That is why I try to, you know, I just, it's just unfortunate. I mean, it's just, I, I, I hate seeing these players getting suspended for it, but hopefully they, they really learn and and just to not do it. And, you know, just to be smarter about, you know, how they go about gambling if they just choose to do so. Um, All right, so there's been a lot of some holdouts other than, you know, our guy Chris Jones and a mandatory minicamp. I think the biggest one that was going around was uh, Diggs initially. Uh, but he has returned to the team. Um, I, I don't know how the locker room is there. I don't, you know, really don't care because I'm not a Bills fan. But at the same time, it's like, you know that there were some issues. You obviously saw that after their playoff loss, um, and you know he's out there tweeting stuff. And I, I've I've made it aware. I've said this left and right, like, "Hey guys, like, why would why would a player unfollow his team? Like, why would he unfollow the team and delete all the pictures of his team?" And someone, some Bills first are like, "Oh well, his brother did that for the Cowboys." I get on this. I get on his brother's pro- profile. He's got plenty of pictures with him on the Cowboys, and he's and he's still following the Cowboys. Stefan unless unless he followed them back because they resolved it I don't know it's just why would shot I mean Sean McDermott came out and said I'm concerned he said that the other day and then he backtracked it the moment that uh, Diggs made his return to the to the locker room so um, and there's there's been videos surfacing around of him just helping young guys out so he he is there um, the, and there's there's evidence but at the same time it, it's it I don't really care. Um, you know, that's, you know, it's not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna affect, doesn't affect the Chiefs, doesn't affect anybody, you know, other than, you know, their situation. You know, it obviously, he didn't seem happy, you know, at the end, and I can understand frustrations. He dealt with them in Minnesota, he's gonna probably deal with them still in Buffalo, uh, uh, another thing there's been a few players that uh have been kind of like I said been holding out from camp uh Saquon Barkley is one and oh gosh what I you know and this is what happens when I'm writing fast I have chicken scratch handwriting so um and there's uh there's obviously been players that are that have been holding out it's not just uh say maybe I can just get on Twitter and say uh player um, any camp Let's. maybe I should have did that. oh uh, okay well that's from last year well well I I'm I'm mad at myself because I I'm a little annoyed that I I couldn't I can't read this damn freaking uh um <clears throat> can't read this handwriting I'm just gonna to have to look it up this way. there's who are holding out can't obviously Chris. Wow, the NFL has a holdout tracker. (laughs) It's crazy. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. Okay, Daniele Hunter, obviously, and he's been kind of talked about. Lawrence Guy, Connor Williams. Okay, that's maybe, maybe that's what I wrote down was, um, I mean, that's what I wrote down was Denley Hunter. Anyways, uh, these guys are holding out for minicamp. They're looking for either new contracts or just be in a different situation. So that's just name of the game and how the situation is with football. And, uh, you know, we know our guy's situation with Chris Jones, but they're going to get him paid soon. So that, that they'll put the end of that, and he'll be at training camp. So. Well, that's pretty much it for the episode. Like I said, we'll we'll do the uh, we'll rank the worst playoff loss in the Mahomes era next episode. But got the main things out. Uh, we talked about some of the Chiefs news and then the league news, and then um, uh, we talked about uh, uh, the O line and D line position review. So, uh, man, what a day, Chiefs Kingdom! What a day! All right, Chiefs Kingdom, hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. And one last thing, fuck Cincinnati Bengals. And with that being said, the connect is always real.